All right, here we go. Top Hill Recording Podcast, Episode 1, First Steps. Oh, take one. My name's Brad Weston. Should we say our last names or... Yeah, you can say your last name. Yeah, it's not, you know, we're not uh, anonymous or anything. So no, I'm here with I'm, you. I'm not even on Facebook. Well, that's cool. I'm man. pretty anonymous if yeah. you're not on Facebook. All right, so I'm here with Neil Johnstone. Hello. Drinking we bullet are, bourbon tonight, too. We both have a big interest in recording music, playing music. Neil plays a lot more music than I do, but I enjoy music. And I recently purchased Studio One Artist. You did too, didn't you, Neil? Did you? Is that what you have, Studio One Artist? Yes, three, not four. Okay, you're you're more up to date than me right now. All right, so I got Studio One four, and you know I think that was, if I remember, it was it was like ninety nine or one hundred ninety nine, and you it, get the uh, you you get the software and you get the uh, interface, you know, two channel interface, and that's what I recorded our first song with. Brought some former band members up in the. Hmm bedroom upstairs and recorded there she goes sounds and, weird man uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can't bring band members into your bedroom upstairs <laughs> yeah. i guess not to be clear that is where the recording <laughs> stuff was i mean you know yeah yeah, yeah actually thanks uh, for the clarification there yeah well you know pretty awesome really to kind of see how easy it was how simple the process was if you make it so yeah no uh, doubt when it kind of started with with uh, with this project, I think it was just you you and your dad had just done a very minimal amount of of stuff on the on the track. On the, I think it was just bass and, and drums. I don't even know you didn't have lyrics on on anything yet, right? You, you're speak you're speaking of there she goes or uh, no the, the song second you, song okay. oh you know what I'm thinking of the second song you're thinking of the first song because yeah. you finished a full one without me yeah so how we'll, dare you <laughs> so we'll <laughs> so we'll take uh, we'll take our listeners through the first the second song with us there you go so what I'm thinking uh, on this first podcast we just need to kind of talk about ourselves a little bit so people know who they're listening to mm-hmm. and I'd like to close this episode with the song. And what I'm thinking is we invite people to critique our recording. Yeah. By the way, have you ever had any broadcast or journalism classes? No. Or? God, are you kidding me? Can either. you hear what I sound like? So, <laughs> so we probably need to uh, make sure our listeners are kind to us. We realize we have no background this is, it's, in it's, this. This is like brand new to us. It's going to be ugly. I don't know. I think we'll be okay, you know, but we are, we are newbies. But... <laughs> So I was thinking we played a song at the end. You know, we just go on this journey together, yeah. you know, because I'm wanting to, uh, we'll talk a little bit more about this later, but I'm wanting to take the home recording thing to like a semi-professional state. You know, I'm doing some construction in the in the recording studio, totally emptied out the room, and, and we'll talk about that in later episodes. But while we're doing this podcast, we're going to be building a studio and we're going to be developing our skills along with our listeners. All right, well, let me, uh, let me kind of, the beginning of this probably starts with the original, there she goes. So what was it that was that, that made you go, I'm going to buy this stuff and do this? Was it I got. I want to record this song, or was it? I've got a bunch of ideas that I want to record, so I'm going to buy this stuff. Or did you just buy it because it was a good deal, and then go from there? I would say it started out because of that song. I want to get that recorded. Yeah, you know, I thought, why not try it myself? So, 
you know, we can kind of talk through how that process was and, uh, you know, a, a little bit and, and how we recorded that. And at that, at that time, I had Studio One Artist. Uh, the original. I've, I've upgraded to professional now, so I'm, I'm moving on up. But, you know, so it's a... Uh, you know, I feel like it turned out all right, but I'd like to I'd like to invite people to to critique it and give us some feedback. You know, it's uh, learning so much because I I'd never done anything like this. Uh, the most I'd ever done was go into the recording studio and and record as a band. You yeah. know, with a with somebody else doing all the recording, me just playing and singing. Yeah, well, you know, it's just it's funny because once once you put that out. And I was like, dang, man, that's pretty awesome that he, he did that by him, at his house by himself. And then you started on the second one that you sent me, uh, which was really cool to come down here and be a part of it. But now from the initial idea of, I want to record this, I bet I could do it myself, to looking around here at a room that used to be a bedroom that you brought your band members up here to record a song <laughs> in to it's getting ready to be i mean it's happening at a, a studio how do you make i mean that's a big commitment just from a, a, an idea about you know a couple hundred dollars on a recording studio well that's another that's, that's another reason why i liked your idea about the podcast so why don't what's your first memories of music oh. like when did you start when did you start realizing music was important to you um i think it was just always important to me but my first man they're sitting there half a mile down the street i mean they're they started in the yard that i own now um and in the house that my parents still live in that you know i i've the my biggest influences to this day, musically, as far as picking up a guitar, Jeff Donahue and, and Daryl Ray and the Broken Arrow Band and Frank Wilson, who doesn't even play an instrument but just loves music so much that he plays a harmonica. Yeah, I don't know if you call it that, <laughs> but I, I'm sure he'd appreciate that. <laughs> um, but I, I, so you know, my my mom's mom was also a, a, a jazz singer, lounge singer, really really talented. Um, so I think that it was always kind of in the blood, but I never knew her as that. I always knew her as just my grandma. Um, <clears throat> but sitting around bonfires, every, everywhere we went, there was there was guitars and there was a community of people that just played always. So um, it was kind of just one of those things. I don't know if I've ever uh, – there was a time where I fell in love with it so much as that I've always just – was drawn to it. And so when did you start playing the guitar? Uh, the first time I started playing was probably six years old. Um, Daryl Ray, when he, he used to live up here, I, <clears throat> I got a small guitar, the mini, probably a half-size, three-quarter scale at the most guitar, and um, thought that this is it. I'm going to play the guitar. So he, he taught me lessons. He was a neighbor. And I went down there, and we started playing Mary Had a Little Lamb. And I think I lasted two lessons before I said, I'm never playing the guitar. This is awful. Is that right? Oh, my gosh. Who wants to play Mary Had so a Little it Lamb? Like, it wasn't like you were drawn to it Dude, right off. I like George Michael and Michael Jackson. And, and, and you know, <laughs> I was into hair bands and, and poison. So, I mean, come on. I did not want to play Mary Had a Little Lamb. Even at that age, I, I just loved pop music and good music and country music. I still remember, you know, Alabama on country radio. But being around Broken Arrow Band, it was just so, which 
very few people that even hear that name will have any. It's such a niche band now from back in the day. Um, so but, who was who was in the Broken Arrow band that you knew? Well, Don and Carmen Hayes were the leaders of the Broken Arrow band. Uh, Daryl was their manager at one point. Frank was with them all the time. I mean, I was just we knew all those guys. Um, I still remember Billy Graham when he owned the house that I'm in now. Uh, had a luau and they ended up playing on Frank's deck the whole thing was set up it's got it almost has a drum riser built into that deck so I mean it was the coolest thing bales of hay all over the place um, yeah man I, it was, it's just always been kind of a constant um, and being in this little circle up here it's still it still is so you got to UK University of Kentucky yeah were you yeah. were you playing out before then yeah yeah um, actually the the first time I played was with Toy Liu. Um, he was who is currently in your band, yeah, and still you know played in all the stuff that's recorded up here. I mean, they, they, he's oh, yeah. a, a blueprint of uh, a lot of the stuff that we do. And we'll have get, in done. Here, get him in here on this song too. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, which he will be. I mean, he helped with the vocals on that once we finish this sucker. Uh, but he he was wanted to start playing. I wanted to start playing, so we we were doing some acoustic stuff, and we ended up going down to Lexington. Um, I think I was either seventeen or eighteen, and playing A one A and two keys, and I was too young to be having those experiences, and a lot of fun. Um, so you were doing that in high school. I was doing that at the, at the how, end how did, of high school. What, was is Toy older than you? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's okay. got he's so got a few was, years. Was on he it. at UK? He was at UK. So that was the Lexington connection. That was the Lexington connection. So I would just go down there and, you know, spend a weekend or spend a few days and play a gig, make a good chunk of money, or go down and drive back. It was. Then you got to UK and, and got hooked UK. up with the guys in Voodoo Symphony? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Which they were already established. They had a band, they had a, a lead singer who um, unfortunately had some type of issue, kidney, liver. I'm not 100% sure, but um, so he had to kind of bow out, and then I stepped in with those guys for uh, about a year or so really good really good band good bunch of dudes um then life led me back to louisville in a hurry <laughs> music helped you flunk out of college music uh, did help me flunk out real quick <laughs> so funny story uh my daughter who just, who just had her first college uh Jaylen, who just had her first college report card she's like dad i don't I'm worried. I don't know what I'm going to get. I've got this one class. I said, well, you know, I really, I think I did okay in most stuff. And I said, well, Jalen, if you get a 2.0, that's 2.0 points better than I got in my first semester. <laughs> so you're good. Just come on. <laughs> you didn't really get a 0.0. Oh, man, yeah. <laughs> did I you got, have a second semester? <laughs> they did not kick me out until the okay. second 0.0 .0 the next semester <laughs> that I took a loan out I took a federal loan out to <laughs> I said you know what I'm going to do it right this time mom and dad ain't going to pay for this semester they said I, if, if I'm not going to put any effort in they're done paying for school so I said alright that's what that's what loans are for and uh, I had a lot of fun on that money so you know uh, we need to play some Voodoo Symphony on this uh, on this show. Okay, so then you you got out and Voodoo Symphony kind of went their own ways. You're out of college. You flunked out with a zero point zero times two. Child on the way. But you're way hell of a lot better guitar player. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I am now. Okay, child on the way. Child on the way. Yeah. yeah, coming home from Louisville or Lexington. Out of the band. Kid on the way. No real prospects. 
know that I love music. And you, uh, you guys were like a two keys regular, right? At that point, right? Man, we were, were you the house uh, band? We played there a lot, but we were actually getting some momentum. I really think that we were probably getting ready to hit pretty big because that was in the Dave Matthews era when they were the, the you know the biggest thing going, and, and we had all the instrumentation for that. We had a lot. I really think that we were pretty close, but as as far away from close. I mean, you know what I mean. Not anywhere close from being huge, but just. We were on the cusp of being a really good regional band that, that could do some stuff. You had following. Regular people yeah. come to Two, K, two Keys to yeah. see Voodoo Symphony. Yeah. A1A. I mean, Two Keys was always packed. It was a lot of fun. Um, so coming back from that, was it was interesting because I, that's, that's, that's where a lot of the Home Sessions record came from. Because if you really listen to it, it sounds like a breakup album. But it's more of a breakup album with my band it's not about a a female it's not about a relationship other than the relationship i just had uh got basically dumped uh from so it was a it was a broken-hearted breakup album but it wasn't about a woman so it's a different type of thing um One, one voodoo symphony album one voodoo symphony with me um which i mean listen to it now there's just a lot of Really immature songwriting, um, so. I, but that's that's a lot of fun sometimes, you know. It's fun. It's fun. Don't get me wrong. It was a lot of fun. It it, it was a party to be at. It was a really good time, and I'm sure the the, the songwriting would have matured. But I don't know if my songwriting would have matured without going through that separation from thinking we're really onto something to them being onto something and me being on my own. So. I really think that that kind of propelled my ability to put on paper what I needed to say. So as as bad as it was at the time, it may have been the thing that propelled me into becoming somewhat more of a decent songwriter, um, to, to have that type of perspective and that type of thought process. And and then eventually that type of forgiveness and, and, and uh, ability to, to move on even through the song. So. Uh, as painful as it was, it was it was needed to get to the point where we're doing a daggone podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to do a podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Attempting to do a podcast. Yeah. You know, I was thinking, so we probably need to do an episode every... Let's go for 26 episodes next year, every other week. Can we do that? We can definitely do that. I think that we might need to do one a week. I don't know if you have the time for that. Hey, you know what? I mean... Because the biggest thing with podcasts is consistency. I listen to podcasts every day, and when it's a two-week wait, it's a long time. When it's every I, week, I even, think I think I could do every week. Well, and, all right, man. So we're at the Voodoo Symphony breakup. All right, songwriting jump, which leads me to you still friends with those guys. Uh, not really. Are, I mean, I would, in bad terms, or no, I would be friends with those guys. It's just. Uh, we don't see each other. You know, Steve and, and Kyle, the twins, uh, bass player, keyboard player, I've seen on multiple occasions. We're fine. We, we've talked. I've played music with them both. Uh, they're, you know, always in good bands and, and doing some cool stuff. So uh, Kyle is one of the, the keyboard player, Kyle Morgan, is one of the most original thinkers when it comes to making music and just his thought process and his uh it's just different. Some people just think in a, and write in a different way, and he's one of those guys. I know a couple 
Brent West is another one who wants to do this stuff with us, by the way. But he's another one that, that has this, he writes the coolest songs in the world just because they're so different than anything else you would hear or anything you would write. And they make sense by in so many ways, and then they 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 don't, and sometimes, and then it's it's unbelievable. He might be the smartest guy we know. He's the smartest dude I know. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. Brent's the smartest guy. It's a wrestling, a, a brain wrestling match between him and Connor, I think. So I don't know, uh, but I know one thing: I'm not in that competition. No, me either. <laughs> yeah. So his his ability, you know, I've, I've it's funny because he sent me. I convinced him last night to send me all his stuff. I listened to 98 of his songs today. What? Yeah. While you were walking? Yeah. 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 I mean, and some of it was same song a few times and this and that. So there's probably 50. Is that against the postal rules to listen to music while you're delivering? It is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, no, it isn't. I was not listening through a headset. I was listening out loud in my phone so no it wasn't it was okay. completely okay. legal no but uh <laughs> yeah and it's just the, the, some of it's pretty straightforward some of it's just different and it's still cool it's so cool so um i didn't know he he's written that many songs i didn't know he's written that many songs so we're gonna have to practice our recording skills with some of his he's he's got a bunch i mean we could re he's probably got three albums where he could record right now speaking like, of so 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 you need to we need one of your best and favorite guitar licks to be the intro to this podcast. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, I got a so bunch of those. So we need a Top Hill recording intro and mm. outro, mm. and then we probably need some like for you know little breaks. So I think we should just start. Uh, that's that should be our first recording sessions. Is record. We don't even have to do vocals. Just drums, a beat, guitar uh, lick, even if it's thirty seconds. So, you know, I probably ought to tell them about this setup we're in, you know, when, you when, when we get ready, you know, because, yeah. you know, that's that's one thing. I probably spent less than $300 to record that first song. Definitely, definitely less than $300. And that's including the recording equipment? Well, now, I had, you know, I had mics and cords and mic stands and amps and all those things from playing live yes. so I'm, I'm just talking about recording equipment and ways to make this bedroom have some decent sound okay so that is counting the interface the software and this booth that we're in what right about now the, what about the monitors monitors included in that Ooh. Three at three fifty. Okay. Because these are very inexpensive monitors. We'll talk about that. You okay. know. You know. So we could talk about that. But hey, let's let's right, go let's, on. I'm, we're still no, learning about your music. Let's. We'll get to that. So we definitely got to talk about. We got to revisit this booth. We will, no <laughs> doubt. Because we got some. You know. You know. I think you can tell on this podcast we've got some decent sound in here. You know. It's, I do too. Yeah. I think. I mean, I'm not even talking. I mean, I'm not even talking in the mic 100 percent all the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So it's not bad, and you know, if people, uh, if we could put a photograph on this podcast, we could do that. I think people would be uh, laughing. No, <laughs> going all right. They'd man. be like, I could do that. Heck yeah! All right, that's the funny part about these, man. Anybody could do it. If right, we so, can do it, anybody can. So you flunked out of college. You left your first band. You made a breakup album. So now mm -hmm. you are in Louisville. You've got a kid on the way. Mm -hmm. And what what's going on now? What are you thinking, man? Are, well, you, are you in good good place, bad place? No, I think that um, 
I'm probably in in a pretty artistically, musically rough rough patch. I'm playing a lot because at this point, um, I'm not working at the post office yet. I'm making good money, but it's all cash it's on side. It's all through playing gigs, and it becomes a job. It gets to that point where because it's so low, um, playing O'Shea's, playing the you know you and the, an acoustic guitar and, acoustic and a microphone guitar and a mic for three four hours a night three four nights a week it, it becomes where you just uh-uh, i don't even want to do this i don't want to go play this music so you know i, I think we we need to let everybody know you're, you're pretty good at this too you know I, so i remember uh i've got one night i remember coming seeing you to stands out because of your uh your flexibility and ability to work a crowd that, uh-huh. that was that fairdale pizza <laughs> oh, gosh and it was so it basically became you you started uh you started inviting people to come on the stage and sing with you do you remember that night uh, yeah or does that happen i a mean lot? it happens from time to time it happened uh, quite a bit at fairdale pizza so, by the end of the so night. uh <laughs> i was impressed though because you would take a request and it's like you know you, you it's like you know every song that's ever been written uh, or you can figure it out yeah and then, if that. people are singing, and the song is too high for them, you play in a different key, <laughs> <laughs> and all this just right off the cuff, man. So it, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty impressive. So oh, you know, I just let, letting the listeners know we're not talking about a a, a guy that uh, you know just has a uh, twenty songs and a couple sets and goes and plays the same stuff all the time. Yeah, well, I mean, I still play the same stuff all the time, but you know, from time to time, I, I I've always been able to kind of do that. I've been very lucky to where I've been able to hear things pretty simply. So uh, a lot of the stuff that people know and that are popular music and that are, uh, you know, crowd favorites, they're simple. They're simple E, A, B, or, you know, D, C, or G, C, D. They're they're simple songs, and that's probably why they're so so much of favorites like Brown Eyed Girl or anything else. Um, Well, it's amazing how, you know, how often you can go and you can get... Go watch someone play, uh, you know, with just a guitar, and they play in they play in G, G, C, and D all night long with a capo. That's it. Oh. That's all they play. <laughs> I'll move it up and down. All right, now I'm in A, but here's a G, C, D, yeah. and A, and yeah. A. Uh, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, you can make a living doing that. You know, I, that may be my uh, second career in the keys. And I'm not knocking those guys. It yeah. still takes, you know, it still takes some. Uh, you know what that is? It's a job, dude. Yeah, that's a job at that point for sure. Well, you you uh, had an album out before I did, so I mean we're we're not. No, that wasn't before Voodoo Symphony. It has to be. Sol. Sol. That was recorded in '99, I think. At the same time, then. Okay. Because I think we, I was uh, '98. Yeah, about '99. So right around the same time. So yeah. You, uh, yeah. And, and which I just revisited, man, and it is a killer album. <laughs> I love it. I love it, man. It's so, so much fun. So all those songs were probably written in about the same time it takes to listen to on the on the album. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I spit those. <laughs> I spit those out in no time. Really? Yeah. Oh man, there's a couple gems on that thing. You think so? Oh my yeah. god, are so you we'll, kidding so me? So we'll have to play some SOL. You know, maybe we have an episode, maybe next episode <laughs> we play some uh, Voodoo Symphony and SOL. Just kind of go back in the archives. My parents always had music playing. 
I mostly remember Sunday nights. You got you know. a musical family, man. Yeah, but I wasn't around music being played live. It doesn't sound like as much as you are. But my dad and and his older brother, they, uh, you know, Louisville has a pretty uh, rich doo-wop history. You know, doo-wop yeah. bands. I mean, yeah. it's like uh, some big-time music going on, you know, 50s and 60s. And, I, I mean, I think like some Billboard Top 100 songs and... Um, there, there was a, a lot of music, and they were they were involved in a, a lot of bands during that time that that uh, you know got some national audiences. But mine was mostly listening to music. I didn't I didn't even pick up a guitar until I was probably twenty six or twenty seven years old. Really? Yeah. No kidding. I had no idea. You didn't? No. Yeah. No. I just figured your dad played, your uncle played, you just played. Well, so I, I decided I wanted to play, and you know, I went over with my uncle Butch, and uh, we always called him Uncle Butch. I don't know where Butch comes from because his name's Andrew Weston, Andy Weston, but we called him Uncle Butch, and uh, you know, he would show me chords, and uh, we'd practice songs, and you know, from there it just kind of uh, got got to the point where I got with a couple of my cousins, and we learned like three or four songs, and then we played at my grandma's house like a her 75th birthday or something and we decided we were going to go play live and i remember the first time first show i didn't know if i was going to be able to play because i was i was so nervous it's like the most nervous i've ever been it was like a uh block party or something we were playing outside on the street oh my gosh you know 10 people one one guy on a bike (laughs) a bicycle on the front row just banging his head and uh one guy on a bike <laughs> yeah and i was i mean i was like shaking i mean i uh, you know i was a nervous wreck but we we got through it and how many songs did you play oh uh, how many songs did we play it wasn't many you know maybe we didn't know many songs <laughs> yeah how many so, people were in the band uh four of us two guitar players Yep. So you didn't have to carry the load. Oh no, I've never been the lead guitar. I don't. I don't think I could do that. Yeah. yeah I mean, even playing rhythm after only yeah. just to start at like that age, it's impressive that you know how to play guitar. Because I, I couldn't think about starting anything after about thirteen or fourteen. Yeah. I, I just feel like I don't retain knowledge anymore like that. Man, so within like the first ten years or so, if you playing music at all, you ever recorded an album? Yeah, it was pretty quick. So my cousin Lee Reinhardt, he he played the drums forever. I mean, he I, I think he started as a, you know, I don't know what age he started, but you know I remember when he was like a, he was like a goth teenager, you know, with black <laughs> fingernails and you know heavy metal, and so so we got with him on the drums. My cousin Larry played the guitar, and they, my cousin Larry had a friend Greg Hensley uh, that played bass, and we just started practicing songs and. You know, I can remember we were just working towards enough songs to get in three sets, so we could <laughs> so we could start playing out. Just go out and play. And I tell you, bars playing at bars is tough. It's it's uh it's a lot of fun, but you start. You know, I don't know if it's uh, you know at least in Louisville, you know, bars close at four a.m. They want you to play till two or three. Yep. You break everything down. You put it up. You get it loaded. You get it home. You unload it and you eat breakfast because it's five thirty a.m. That's it. <laughs> And if you got to work the next day, you just go on. Yeah, those uh, those days. I'm, I'm hoping those days are done for me. I'm, I'd much rather do all original stuff all the time. Uh, anytime I do play out, um, sometimes you gotta 
play cover too but it just makes it's it makes it a job it makes it no fun and, and so you you were talking about uh is it Kyle that was in Voodoo Symphony you said was yeah. really creative yeah and Brent West really creative you, you consider creative. you consider yourself creative no. where you put yourself on that scale um, I mean I consider myself creative um I think that I consider myself a little bit outside of the box thinker when it become when it comes to structures and chords and things like that but I also think that I hear things in a very what's supposed to be next pattern not necessarily I don't think I don't think that I put a lot of process into making it strange or making uh, something fit when it doesn't necessarily fit naturally Um, so I think that a lot of I'm not sure anybody does Uh, so you know you talk about Kyle you talk about Brent they've been shaped by something their experiences and what they listen to and what they like so so that i mean yes you know you think original but you know i think uh i think originality is just taking things that's been done in the past and making them your own yeah and i agree whatever whatever they do is just different than what you do and you've got a you've got a different creative side than i've got and you know so I think I agree with that because specifically with those two, the way that they think is 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 cool, but at the same time, what they play and how they play it does ne- it does kind of resemble some of the stuff that they like. Um, my biggest struggle is trying to figure out what I, I write everything, you know, I, not orchestral music or anything like that. But when it, I can write a bluegrass song followed by a hard rock song. Followed by an R&B song, followed by a song that sounds like a 1950s doo-wop song. Um, so it, it's hard for me to kind of understand what the hell I'm doing sometimes. <laughs> because what it comes out just sometimes comes out. One of the big things with writing music or, or, or being creative with anything is learning how to let go of something. Yes. You know, it's uh, like if you can't if you can't work on a song... And, you know, after a while, you're just like, this isn't working. And just be able to throw it away and let it go. You're never going to be a songwriter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Now, I wrote this just ad-libbing the other day. I, I actually wrote this down after I listened to it because I was at Lee's house. We were just playing. So, um, uh, met the devil down by the river by the last post down, by the last fence post in my hometown. It's basically a selling your soul to get out of here type of uh, of song and that's i gotta, can that's hear that's got to be like a bluesy rock song it's going to be a bluesy rock song yeah yeah so it's uh got that one of those beats you know it's 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 all there uh what chord it, it what key it's in i can't tell you right now let me grab a guitar and i can play the whole thing for you you know um but that's just sometimes that's the way it is sometimes you hear on this phone, there's probably 75 guitar riffs. That that's all I can come up with. But there's no music to it other than that that riff or that. Oh man, you need track. to let me listen to those. You can listen to all of them because I've got a ton of those. So that's my skill. So if I if I if I hear a melody, <clears throat> a lyric melody just pops in my head. Mm. So that seems that's like how I write the song. So then, you know, I I, I kind of like. Maybe hum it first. Like like how it's gonna flow. How it's gonna flow, line. and then I'll put words with it. Yeah, that's just that's that's what works for me. Yeah, I don't. I mean, that's probably part of my problem. I'm so scattered because I have so many different 
ways. I have so many, it may come from a, a lot of times <laughs> it'll be, I wish I, I could touch my temple and, and I would record the song that's playing in my head because I'll either, I'll jump in the shower and next thing I know I just sang a whole original song with the music, with the words, I'll never know it again. Or I'll wake up with a song, never know it again. Have you ever recorded yourself so you wouldn't forget? Yeah, oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of times I'll pick up the voice memo on this thing. So and how many times, though, have you wanted to smack yourself because you didn't record something and you're like, you like have a great thought? For a day. Oh, I know. And you're like, <laughs> what was that yesterday? And you can't remember it. Like, I mean, how, how many times that had to happen before you learned to like carry a pocket recorder with you? Yeah, it's a comedians always talk about that it's like oh man you know uh, it's such a good joke i'll definitely remember that joke when, when i don't need to write it down yeah mitch hedberg had a thing he said ah i had a good joke but then i had realized i didn't want to write it down so i just convinced myself it was not funny <laughs> it's easier to do that than actually just go get the piece of paper so yeah man you lose stuff all the time like that it's it's if you're not writing down Ooh, a melody line. <laughs> a bullet. This is going to be a half small. Uh, so your best songs. Hopefully are yet to come. The mm. ones you feel best about, do they come together quickly? Most of the time. I would say most of the time. Have you I, ever had to really hammer a song out and really work yes. at it? Oh, yeah. But then you end up thinking, hey, this is a hell of a good song. I don't know. I don't know if I can if I can answer that truthfully because when there's a song like I have that uh, verse in a chorus I can pretty much go back to it and put myself in a spot to make that second verse pretty easy. There's been like one drink limit, which is a more recent song of mine. It was just a a verse in a chorus, and and when we the band and I went into that contest. We needed a couple more country songs. I hammered that one out. It didn't take long, but now looking at it, it needs to be rewritten. So I'm going to have to go back, and I will probably hammer that one out. Um, because it's... it's. So how I do you decide then, if you hammer songs out, because I don't ever stick, stick with one long enough for that. If it's not working yeah. for me, I throw it out. So how do you decide when to throw it out? It's no good. Let it go. Well, because I, I think that what your original ideas are, is is basically like okay there's a, a a mountain right there on that piece of paper of words there's some gold in there somewhere you wrote that down for a reason what is it is there a line is there a word in there is there a phrase in there that can be something completely different um so a lot of times i'll go back and and even if it's just read over and and in doing that sometimes something hits but i think that when you start something like that and you have something the part of the struggle is 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 good a little bit of resistance into it shouldn't be that easy every time you know a lot of people talk about the muse and and getting out of the way and 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 words coming from somewhere else and you're just kind of the person that catches them throws them on a page i believe in that i do believe in that but i do believe that you got to put some effort into it too i believe you oh, got to yeah. work yeah you got but i you got to hit a flow at some point though yes like now, there might be a block but at some point if you don't hit a flow that song's probably not going to flow with listeners dude i've got i don't know 500 pages of crap that I'll never ever use. Yeah, that's just a line or two lines or a, a verse or. So you write a lot then. Yeah, I, I think I 
I go through spurts. I, lately, it's been pretty crazy. I mean, I'm writing a lot, or at least I'm so much more focused into kind of getting back into that that mind frame that I am at least writing down those thoughts that sometimes maybe I wouldn't take the time to write down or recording that melody line that I necessarily wouldn't do previously because it's so much more conscious and part of the top of my mind. I'm always thinking about it now. So, um, so how much does what's going on in your life contribute to your writing? I think there's always a nugget. I mean, I think regardless of what you're saying, what that song feels like, there's going to be some of what you're feeling in that. So if you're feeling stressed or you're feeling contempt or you're feeling uh, struggle in your relationship or financial, you know, just all that stuff, life coming down on you, regardless of what you're writing about, about, I think that somewhere in there, you're writing, you're, you're more writing a feeling. You're and. and if that makes any sense. No, that, that makes perfect sense. The reason I asked the question is because that's how, you know, that's so I, you know, I think back to the most songs that I ever wrote was after some big change. Yeah. You know, like I wrote a bunch of songs right after I became a father. Mm-hmm. And having this big transition in my life, you know, where, where you know, some, these, these, these little beans are in your in in your life that you love more in yourself, and you know it's changing your whole perspective on what life is even about. Yeah. And man, songs are pouring out. <laughs> yeah, it's like I didn't even know I had feelings. What the, what's going on? Yeah, that it's the best way for me to get everything out that I'm that I'm thinking without even though I'm thinking it. So you know what? I'm just sitting here thinking we. Uh, we got a podcast about recording, and we've been talking about nothing right. but being players, <laughs> being artists. Hey, who cares? It's just a podcast, <laughs> man. Yeah. But you know, I think it's part of it. You know, you got to know where it comes from. Yeah, you know one that. So, so I just I bought this I bought the Studio One for artists. So I started recording music, and it's the first thing in a long time that I totally got lost in. Mm. I mean, I would be up in this room, and before I knew it, I was up here for seven hours. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and Cindy would be up here, hey, you've been up here for seven hours. What's going on? You okay? Why don't you come eat something? <laughs> I mean, just totally lost. Yeah. You're going, what? Seven? What time is it? Totally lost. And that's that, that's not happened to me in a long time. So, you know, it's like I'll pick up a new hobby, and then I'm done with it in yeah. a few months. But yeah. I think this is something that... Don't you leave me, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is something that will hang around. That's why I'm uh, I'm committing to, to making this room um, a uh, semi-professional professional recording studio. Do you want to start talking about the song? or? Yeah, well, I mean, there's always more to talk about, but you know what? If we, if we come back every week, we can talk about this, we can talk about anything we want at any yeah. time. All right, so let's kind of—I got a good idea, or an idea. Let's talk about what the podcast is going to be, because we talked about it being a recording podcast. I've always thought, all right, it would be cool to start with this nugget, like, hey, man, here's this—check out this melody line I recorded while walking today on the route. And I could play it, and you could be like, okay, cool. Well, that's where we could start the podcast. Hey, here's the next song we're going to work on. Or I could say, man, I've got this— I've got the song I've been wanting to record. Uh, it's not completely finished, or 
it, it is finished. But here we go. Let's let's lay it down. We record it, uh, an acoustic version. And then we start figuring out what do we need to do to it. Let's break it down. Let's make this thing better. Let's write what are the words or. Um, you know, like you said, you're good at words and melody lines. I've got a million things here. So that'd be a good uh, combo podcast. One we could do is like, here you go, man. Let's start on this one. Here, check out this chord progression. What do you got for me? Yeah. And then we go from there. No, it's, that, you know, it's cool. You know, I think, uh, I think we go with it and we, you know, we flow with it. You know, when you, when you shared that idea with me, I kind of expanded on that a little bit. Mm-hmm. So like, what if we just take, take listeners on this journey through this whole process all the way back to you know we made this first purchase we've got this little interface and we've recorded a song with less than 350 dollars total everything yep and as we build this studio we do what you're talking about all right so we're we're gonna we're gonna share with listeners what we're doing in this room to build this studio Mm -hmm. and at the same time we're going to share with them this music and these songs as they progress so you know, we invite people to send us critiques, and we'll close. We'll close with there she goes. We'll talk about that a little bit, and we'll probably probably need to get into that because we could probably spend an hour on that. But yeah, we're an hour in already, <laughs> aren't we? Well, we'll have to edit. Yeah, for sure. But. <laughs> you know, hopefully it'd be it'd be awesome if people can give critiques, ask questions. We come back on the next episode. We share people's thoughts and ideas, and and you know what we're using. You know, talk about the. Uh, effects we're using in studio one share that share our favorites see what other people's favorites are make our songs better i could go back to there she goes now and and make it so much better all right well here's uh since you're the first recording and it's your song it's my turn to interview you okay all right so it ended up being the idea first i've got this song i want to record it i'm going to do it myself right Mm mm-hmm okay so then the process is, do, do you have the mics already, the, the, the condenser mics? So that mic that you're speaking in right now belongs to Toy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So he brought that, you know, I, I, I talked to Toy, you know, asked if he would, he would help, and uh, he, he was into it, and, and you know, got, got talked to Lee, asked if he would play the drums, because Lee knew the song. I wrote this song in about... 96 yeah i figured you wrote it when <laughs> so uh, so this song kid was born yeah so this song was like over 20 years old and the reason i want to record this song is because uh well you'd heard it before it's like you know i would play it at campfires and things and then i'd go back around these people and they would remember that song and mm-hmm. ask to ask to hear it again so i was you know i just kind of it stayed around for over 20 years just through get-togethers, jam sessions, campfire playing. Yeah. Just, so Never I, recorded, I, but always requested. Yeah, yeah. It's like, so okay, I thought, well, you know, on, it yeah. must be pretty, it must be all right. People seem to like it, you know, and I, I liked it. And, uh, you know, I wrote it, uh, I wrote it during that span where I probably wrote about 20 songs in pretty short period of time for for me. I mean, that doesn't sound like a lot, you know, if you're a, if you're a true songwriter, but, you know. Just like you, I've got a I've got a full time job. Got a lot and, going yeah, on. Yeah, so you know it's uh, but it was a time when uh, things things just ideas would come to me and I'd write them down and I was just learning how to put chords together and I was getting a little better at that and you know coming up with cool sounds and uh, came up with uh, with with that song with a and that was one I came up with the chord progression first that I thought sound that pretty you know pretty cool mm-hmm. so chord progression first on that one yeah, as well yeah and then uh, 
And then that was, I mean, that was one of the songs that uh, I wrote in less than an hour. The, all, the, all the lyrics to it. Quick turn around, every part is completely done. But, you know, when I think back, yeah, but when I think back to that song, so I wanted, I wanted to write a song that I had a story in my mind of what this song was about, but I wanted there to be space for interpretation mm-hmm. to with the listener. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, everybody kind of had their different idea of what it was about. Mm-hmm. And after we recorded it, I had my uh, daughter help help me make a video, which kind of followed a storyline, not exactly, but kind of gave away the storyline. Yeah, gave I away a bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kind of ruined any interpretations, but <laughs> uh, not the meaning, nonetheless. So when you recorded that, um, did you have, well, all right, what is this? This is a... That's a Rhodes NT1A, I think. You got, you got the Rhodes yeah. NT1A, which you use this for all instrument... No, that well, actually, we did record some instruments with that. We uh, we we did some we we did uh, we recorded some of the uh, the the guitars with the acoustic guitar with two mics, that and a SM fifty seven. Okay, uh, no trusty SM fifty seven. Yeah, for the bass, we used uh, I think some uh, AKG kick just, drum mic. Really? Yeah. Okay. Okay, and did you run that? So you had his bass amp uh, just running through with that mic, nothing direct, just straight to the. So we uh, we mic'd the uh, amplifier. Okay, got a better sound that way. And man, I've learned so much about how to mix the bass now uh, since I learned how to split frequencies. Mm-hmm. Like on a different life for me, the second song, the bass sounds so much better. Way different. Splitting frequencies. I, you know, it's, I could go back now, and that's what's so fun. I mean, this is such a learning process. You're learning mm-hmm. so much, and it's, it's so much fun to learn. But I could go back and do so much better job on There She Goes. And, and I don't think that anybody, even when you're a master at this stuff, something new happens. You, you're never a true master, are you? You're always going to want to do better and yeah. learn more. And, and Yeah. Uh, yeah, I could just imagine, and that was the crazy part. Was that eight months ago? When how long ago did you record that? Six uh, months? Has it been that long? I guess yeah, it's probably been six months, eight months. Yeah. So think about, that. I mean, that wasn't that long ago. No. And, and now you, you know how to do these other things. That all from the inter- interest of I want to record this song. Mm-hmm. All right, so you want to record the song, you order the stuff on Amazon. Do you already have that condenser mic, your condenser? No, I just got this one. Oh, okay, you just got this. What's that? That is. This is an AKG P420. Okay, P420. Yeah. That's yeah. actually, okay. And then, um, so, so what did you track first? I got on Studio One. I played uh, I, I played the song as I'd been playing it around campfires and jam sessions for years and identified the beach per minute. What was it? Do you remember? Oh, I don't remember. And then, so once we'll you did that... We'll talk about that next time. We'll have to make notes of that. BPMs. Yeah, so, so, so once you did that, did you, you uh, do a... So I put on the headphones. There you go. And I played it all the way through on the acoustic. With the click track? With the click track. That's, that's game changing. And, and I, got, I got the acoustic guitar all the way through on, on the click track. Then I went back and I sung, a, I just sung rough vocals on it. And so then the first thing we did, uh, I called my cousin Lee, um, Lee Reinhardt that played drums with me in SOL. 
uh, which SOL is not shit out of luck. It's sooner or later. <laughs> the name of the band was Sooner or Later, and we called it SOL. So um, I knew I had to do something in this room. So this room is about 22 feet by 11 feet, square bedroom. And, and uh, full of carpet and a desk. Yeah, yeah. So... Uh, I, I I knew if I you know if I brought drums in here they're going to sound terrible trying to record so I went to Walmart <laughs> and bought a uh, four foot by six foot pop up tent and I took the top off of it I put the frame in there and I went to Harbor Freight and bought a bunch of moving blankets <laughs> hung moving blankets around all the sides and the top and I put the drum kit inside this moving blanket tent. It's a no. It's a moving blanket uh, sound booth. Yes, isolation <laughs> booth. Iso booth, man. And it works. It does. I mean, that's what we're sitting in right now. As a matter of fact. Yeah. So it it a matter of fact. You know, one thing I've learned is that I deaden the sound too much. There's too much absorption, and there's no reflection. So the way that manifested itself in the in the recording is. Uh, if, if we end up with any professional recording uh, engineers listening to this, they're just going to have to pardon our ignorance. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you what it seemed like to me. Okay, so it seemed like that there was too much absorption of high frequencies. I had to, I, I really had a tough time getting like the full spectrum and the air of the higher frequencies. You know, that, that was a learning experience. Uh, we, we were just absorbing too much sounds. I don't think it impacted the low frequencies from what I can tell, but it, it did impact the, the high frequencies. And I think it did the same with the uh, vocals, because we did the vocals in here, too. Pretty muddy. Well, not muddy, but just thick. It's not. It's it's like uh, boomy. That's yeah. oh, the way okay. I describe it, as boomy. And mm-hmm. I, I, think, uh, I think we, you know, when you listen to the song, I think you'll see that we were able to overcome that, you know, with... Uh, EQ and yeah, technology. Different things. Technology yeah. is amazing. Yeah, but <laughs> but I think we would have got a we would have gotten a better sound. And I'm considering that you know as we uh, as as we talk about how what we're doing to the recording studio, uh, we'll, we'll talk about that that more on how we're going to make sure we get the you know get the proper full spectrum of the sound. So put Lee in the uh, isolation moving blanket tent booth. And he put on the headphones and played the drum track. Uh, got that laid down, you know, pretty well. Um, and you know what's interesting? So we we were we recorded several times because we I hadn't been we hadn't been in a recording studio for 25 years or so. You know, it's amazing how tight you get when you know there's a record button in it. Yeah. So, <laughs> but I remember. I, guess, I don't know. I guess at that time we were recording analog, but I remember you couldn't cut in the drums. You would hear like a pause. We made sure he did it from start to finish. Every time? Yeah. Oh. So now since then I've learned, hey, with this digital recording software, <laughs> you could cut drums in and out and you can't even hear. I mean, it's like, you know, it's, it's, there's nothing. There's nothing. So so Nada. that was that was a learning process. So Lee, uh, you know, we 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 did a few beat takes his, until you, it was you perfect. You beat his ass up yeah. for a day or so. <laughs> he was sweating his ass off in the moving blanket tent. He was soaking wet. I think he drank about thirteen beers. You know, getting through that. So we got the drum track, and then uh, I sent that to Dad, 
uh, you know, my dad, Ron Weston, is he uh, he's got a long music history. He started he started playing the trumpet in the doo-wop bands. I think at like thirteen. You know, Jeez. he tells a lot of stories. Maybe twelve. Good lord. So they used to go. You know, they'd be in the bars, and you know, he he would he wasn't allowed to get off the stage because he was under twenty one. <laughs> He'd have school in middle school the next day. <laughs> <laughs> so See his he, teachers at the bar yeah, in middle school in the yeah, morning. Yeah, so he uh, he started uh, you know practicing the uh, the bass and came up with a bass line he liked and it's uh, you know I kind of told him what I wanted to keep it you know want to keep it simple and and so he laid down the bass next and uh, then Toy came in and did some recording of uh, with a twelve string and did a little. Uh, lead break in the middle on electric and uh then we did the lead vocals then we threw in the backups had a song so uh not not a ton of instrumentation just a pretty simple straightforward it's pretty simple yep so that's um double tracking guitars is you did that for the 12 string as well yeah, now that's actually that's another thing that I've learned. So on the vocal track and the guitar tracks, we just duplicated tracks and changed the timing a few milliseconds and you know the pitch a little bit. And I'm 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 not using the right terminology, you know, a uh, couple cents or whatever. You know, yeah. I, I need to learn all the terminology, but it's not the same. You know, when we came back on the second song and did vocal doubles of of me actually singing it's so much richer and gives so much more texture than yeah what we did on there she goes and you know if i had to go back and redo the vocals on there she goes that's what i would do you know it's it's just not the same when you duplicate the track and try no. to alter it a little bit plus as as much as you want to sing it exactly like there's little in, inflections and things you do with your voice yeah. that aren't the same it just makes it better honestly yeah. a lot yeah. of times yeah you you've got that in the in the background, so that that was a big change from from the first song to the second. Just in the in the first uh, from the first song to the second song, the, the instrumentation didn't change so much, but how you recorded things did. Yeah, and the second song is just a totally different style, you know. The, yeah. So, but you know, the the second song is is. Uh, you know, I, I wanted a really really cool funky active bass line there which mm-hmm. i feel like we came up you with got that yeah, yeah. And, and kind of build around that which that wasn't the per you know the purpose of the first song was more uh get it out yeah i guess yeah I guess <laughs> get the, it out the of the way yeah, yeah. yeah. Just recording that sucker yeah yeah but yeah I'm, I'm proud of the way it turned out with the first song and you know we have a good video too and oh it was a real you know uh it marked the start of something, you know. Yeah. It really did. Yeah. It was like, I'm going to do this. You did it. You got a cool video out of it. And you learned a lot. Yeah. I mean, in the process of that song. And the cool part is, with all these uh, DAW, you know, digital software programs, you can always go back to it and redo everything. You yeah. could go lay another vocal. You could do another drum track. Yeah. You could do whatever you want to do. And you you know, got it on a click track. You know, I've thought about that, but I want to keep it. I want to leave it like you it like the done. way it is. Well... I do think I could make it better, but I want to have that first recording. This you is what, what it I sounded mean? like yeah. the very first time before yeah, I knew I what I was really. And I guess I could keep it and 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 change a, mm-hmm. a second one, but I, I kind of want that to be the one. This yeah. is this was there she goes. This is how it turned yeah, out. And, this and, is the story behind it. This was the first song we ever did in the in the moving blanket tent. And you know when we record the the electric instruments, we put a mic in front of the amplifier and threw a moving blanket over. <laughs> 
Here's what we did. <laughs> Down to the teeth. So we were we and, were deading, deadening and absorbing you know what it's all a, sound and everything. So you know, we uh when we make the recording studio, we've got to get some reflections and some good diffusing and you know, uh I've I've got to study up on that. Yeah. Well and it'd be cool to go in a year after, you know, this room's kinda of settled in and uh, you've learned a little bit more in the process to re-record it all new and say, here's what we sound like now. Like once a year, re-record that song. Yeah. Same uh, song. So here's, go. Maybe we do that after we get input from our listeners. There you go. So we've got, so we talked about, <laughs> we talked about having Studio One artist. I did upgrade to Studio Professional. You know, another, I found a free, um, I found a free plug-in called SoftTube. I like it. What is it? I mean, is it uh, what it's talking it's like, about? It's, it, it's like, it sounds uh, like a porn site. <laughs> <laughs> a really uh, weird porn site. So it's a, uh, <laughs> you know, it's a, it gives that tube effect, you know, a little, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and you can, man, just and you can use, yeah, warmth. You can use it on just about anything. Really? And it was free. Where did you yeah. get it through? Just online? Just, just, just Google, Google search soft tube and add it, add it to your uh, Studio One. That's it's, something else. If anybody on here knows software for the plugins for DAWs, these uh, digital software programs, those are key. Yeah. And there's a lot of free ones that just people don't like that one. I didn't know about it. I've been looking for plugins for yeah. this thing to kind of just give myself some options because it has a ton of them. Um, but that's good to know. So. I learned a lot about how to use the compressors and, you know, stacking compressors. And I, I used a lot you of You even that. learned the chain to do a side chain and all that? Yeah. And I've got some good chains of my own that I saved. Yeah, you need to send those to me. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I basically just went, gosh, it was just all experimentation. You know, I, I watched YouTube and I read articles, but... Man, you know, I think you can overthink that stuff. Just you just mm. play with it. When it sounds good, go with it. That's it. <laughs> See, that's that's it to me. I yeah. mean, I think I, I do think you can overdo it. Yeah. I mean, when it, I'm with you 100. percent So the only other thing that I had, oh, you know what? I forgot about these headphones I'm wearing. Yeah, that was probably the most expensive thing I bought. Are you kidding? They're and they, nice, and they were a gift from my wife for uh, I don't know what for. Maybe just because she loves me. I don't know. Probably that. She loves you. How do you say this? Seinhauser? Seinhauser. Seinhauser. ST. So anyway, they're supposed you know, they're mixing headphones and so I got those. Those are better than your monitors. monitors. Yeah, the monitors I they're they're three three or three and a half inch Mackies and uh they got a pretty good sound. They do you know? the trick, man. Yeah, they got a pretty good sound for the size, but I'm gonna get They're not gonna give you the low end or anything that you need. Yeah, You're gonna... I'm, I'm gonna keep those. And and I'm gonna keep uh, I'm gonna get one a little bit bigger than that, and then one a little bit bigger than those. I want to have like three sets, so you know when, when we're playing there, she goes. I would listen to it on the monitors and the headphones, and I would go down and I would play it on my uh, surround sound stereo downstairs, and then I'd listen to it in the car. And I was I was just trying to get it, make sure it sounded good on all platforms and i'd listen to it on my cell phone speakers you have a crazy moment yeah and and you know it's so i I got it to where it sound decent on on all uh everything i was listening to it on and you know man it's hard to push the button though and say you're done oh yeah 
to it's be hard. done? Yeah, it's uh. hard. It's hard, man. It's like I finally I was like, you know, just fin- you got to be finished at some point. You yeah. got to be finished. Yeah, you do. You got there's you can't have another seven hour day sitting up here in this yeah. room just tweaking knobs. Yeah, and that's another thing I learned. You can't sit up here for seven hours because when I was up here that Dead long ears. and I would come back the next day, I was like, oh my gosh, what did you do to that song? Are you going to be able to fix it? Yeah, ear, yeah. ear fatigue is real. It's real. It is absolutely real. You get blown out yeah. quick, man. You can't stand it that long. Yeah, it's real. Um, yeah, I've learned that. I've learned that fairly quickly. Is just sometimes it's okay to walk away or go to another song or do oh, something yeah, else. Yeah, you got to. Yeah, yeah. Take so, a little break. Uh, well, what are you running all this on, as far as your computer system? So this is a Microsoft Surface. So you're just running straight laptop. laptop Even that right there, yeah. you're just running a uh, monitor from your laptop yeah. for your your console. Yeah, I'm okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna build a desktop. I'm gonna try to build one of my own. Uh, once I get everything done, so right now I'm, I don't know. Do we want to get into that or on this episode or the room or? No, I just uh, just so they would know that what we're running. You don't have to have a gigantic computer to be to be pushing a home studio. Yeah, I think my home com- my home computer, which has my uh, home setup on it, has a four megabyte hard drive. It's nothing. It's probably yeah. as little as you are capable of running anything on. So. Um, I don't even know if they sell fours, four gigabytes anymore. So, all right. So you know, uh, maybe we should just play the song I here. I think you should play the song. Let people listen to it. Uh, Top Hill Recording. T O P H I L L R E C O R D I N G. How about at Gmail dot com. So we need you guys to listen to this song. And first of all, after you listen to this, please share it with all your friends that are interested in music, anybody that wants to come along and learn about recording. Hey, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, if we are novices, we are novices. We are learning right along with everybody else. Okay, so tophillrecording at gmail.com. We're going to make that as soon as we get off here. We're going to set that up. And we need you to listen to there she goes and i'm thinking you know i don't know are we gonna be able to get through a whole song in the next episode or do we want to break it down a minute minute we and may half? not be able to but i don't think that we should even worry about the format if we can uh if we have something and because i mean basically we're gonna have to probably get together it may take two episodes to come up to get the song complete it may take a month to have a song who knows yep um but I think I think to have a kind of open format to where we we aren't necessarily tied to anything to where we because the last thing I want to do is force a song. I'm kind of like you. If it sucks, throw it away and start the next one. Yep. You know. So give us some feedback. Listen to the song. Tell us what you like, what you don't like. If you've got some recording experience, let us know Please. what we can do to enhance it on the next song. You want to produce this and edit it? Let us know. <laughs> and buy us, uh, some more bourbon, please. We're drinking. Uh, we're, we're enjoying Bullet Bourbon uh, yes, tonight. Yeah, that's good. Bullet's good. Bullet is very good. Bullet Love 10-year-old it. is really good. Ooh, what's your favorite bourbon? Ooh, my favorite bourbon? Favorite bourbon. Oh, that's tough. Favorite bourbon. Mm. Are you talking any bourbon or bourbons you can get regularly? Your favorite bourbon. You know what? I think I like Wild Turkey Decades. Really? 
Yes. I don't know if I've ever had it. So it's about a 15-year-old wild turkey. It's uh, it's it's too pricey and it's hard so, to find, but it's good. Real good. Well, see, I like a little burn. Do you like a little burn? I do like a little bit of burn. I don't like a ton of burn. Um, I could do, you know, like a good separate basil hay, eighty proof, nice and easy. Uh, my favorite. Now that's that's that nice and easy. That's nice. And that's as bad as easy as you can get. That's a little too easy for uh, me. I mean, I like Basil Hayden, but yeah, yeah that's. That, I mean, that's a non bourbon drinking yeah. bourbon bourbon I, drinker bourbon. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Uh, Buffalo Trace is my go-to for the you know a decent. If I had one, great that I had, house bourbon. If I had to have it every day, I could do that. That's a great house bourbon. Love it. And uh, my favorite of all time is Elmer T. Lee, which is. Buffalo Trace's master distiller before he died, and now you can't find stuff. So you know, when I first started drinking bourbon, you could go get Elmer T. Lee yeah, for twenty seven, yeah, twenty seven bucks off the shelf anytime you wanted, and now you can never find it. And some liquor stores are selling it for one hundred twenty bucks a bottle. Oh yeah, now, it's not. A, it's not a good one hundred twenty dollar bourbon. It's not one hundred twenty dollar yeah. bourbon. It's a good forty dollar bourbon. I just love the well, taste you know, of that. It's got a little so, bit of a... So you know what made Elmer T. Lee, like, skyrocket was the show Justify. Isn't that what they drank in oh, Justify? Really? Yeah, I think so. Mm, what was it? I didn't know that. I could have just made that up. I don't know. I like it. <laughs> I, hey, I think that's true. Facts. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's true. That's how we yeah, get, Elmer T. Lee good. is good. I think it's true of the of the week. That's what we, I think this is true. Let me go. <laughs> so, so another bourbon that I would get all the time off the shelf was Weller Twelve Year Old. Oh, you can't about find the that. same price range. Mm-mm. And you can't find it now. You cannot find Weller. Yeah, not it, that. It's, as a matter of fact, there's a a bunch of Weller Twelve Year Olds coming out this Saturday. Yeah. How do you know that? Because uh, I got an email from uh, Liquor Barn. You're gonna be in line. Mm, they're not doing the raffle on this. They're just letting you know that it's going to be on the shelves first come, first serve. There's I won't a, be there. There's a lot of them. I, I won't either. That's a, that's a lot of It'll be a big crowd. No thanks. All right, All man. All right, let's play close. your song. All right, here it goes. To her was granted everything That's the sea that's clean and white And the light of a candle shall shine no more She had a name she'd never written And that few men even knew And a childhood that had carved a voice That would speak when only spoken to and the time has come for her to walk down the path of those before Tears stream down her mother's face as she's walking out the door There she goes, and the sun will shine, and the moon turns black And there's a time to wipe away the tears
flame of fire as she lay down at his feet And all that she could give him is her deceit She feeds his drunken lust in the corruption of her temptation And her soul rises up above her looking down on a fornication and the time has come for her to walk down the path of those before tears stream down her lovely face as she's walking out the 